Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome back to Sofa Cinema Club. Oh, I'm Colson Smith, and as always, I am joined by Jack P. Shepherd. Oh, I forgot to do it this week. Ben Gaga. Oh, it's crap. That's crap. That's crap. Jackson Maine. Jackson yeah. Maine. Oh, okay. Ben Maine. <laughs> the Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together to educate each other on films. It is all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. Each week we pick a film for the other to watch, and then we come into the studio and we talk about what we loved, hated, and rated about it. The beauty of our film club is that anyone can join in. All you have to do is watch along with the film at home and then join us every Thursday to find out what we thought. This week's film has been chosen by me for Jack and Ben and you guys at home to watch, and it is... A Star is Born, the 2018 version, just to be clear. But before we get into talking all things A Star is Born, as always, how has your week been? What have you been up to? Well, I'm in a change of setting. You are. You've, you've changed studios. You've got to the away fixture. I have. I'm in London. I'm down there. First time for you. Not in London, but in a different space, isn't in it? In a different place, yeah. I always record from that cell that I'm in, that sort of bedroom. But they've you let you see. out. They've let you me out. you to London. How's London, Jack? You love London, don't it's you? Good. I've come down here for a couple of days. It's just a bit of a jolly, a bit of a change of scenery. And I gave my agent a ring, a text. And I said, how about we meet up? I've not seen you for like eight years. And I think, did I mention that I, I one time messaged my agent when I was going down to London to do the chase? I love, love, love this story. Have love I said it. it before? Not on the podcast. Have never. I not on the podcast? I was about to bring it up, so I'm glad you've brought it up. Right. I went down to London many moons ago. Yeah. And I was doing the chase with Bradley Walsh. And I emailed my agent and I didn't have like my itinerary for like where the taxi was like picking me up at Euston and... Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So I phoned my agency and said, is my agent there? And they went, oh, we'll check. And they said, oh, no, sorry, she's at the Oscars. Can you leave a message? I said, oh, I'm doing the chase with Bradley <laughs> <laughs> I just want, I just wanted to know where the taxi was picking up. You know when you, find, you, you, you feel so incredibly small? absolutely oh tiny I've so got. this time you've messaged i messaged and said i'm coming down to london how about we meet up and get some food and she said i'm really sorry robert's invited me to the batman premiere to the batman premiere in new york and i went oh well don't you want to sack that off and come for a coffee with me Ooh, pie, pie, double pie. Double pie. Steak and kidney. First one, steak and kidney. Next one came in with ale. <laughs> Do you reckon she's at the Batman premiere right now, like smoozing people, talking to people, and they're going, oh, who else do you represent? And she's going, uh, do you know... You know Jack P. Shepard. Do you remember Platt? the lad on the chase? <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't, he didn't win. You will. Him. Say, look, we'll make up for it. If we can go to the Batman premiere in London and Robert can come on the podcast. Can you imagine that if we got him on to talk about it? And he said, were you on the chase? (laughs) (laughs) Why did you come on the podcast? Because I watched the chase every week and Jack was on it and I loved it so much I've come on the podcast. (laughs) So, yeah. 
That's what I'm doing. That's my week. Other than that, much planned in London, in oh, the big city? I'm off to go watch Hamilton tomorrow night, the theatre production. While I'm down here in London, um, I've got tickets to go and see that. Colson, what have you been up to? I mean, it's been it's been a busy one. We'll start off with the elephant in the room, because obviously I'm sure Ben wants to talk about it as much as I do. The food poisoning. I went home, Jack, to see my parents... And bearing in mind, the last time I was at home with my parents, I got COVID. This time I've gone home, I've got food poisoning. How long's that last food poisoning? Well, I mean, you might well ask that, Jack. And any doctor will tell you, it's probably a 24-hour thing, isn't it? You're a bit sick, you have the runs, maybe a day and a half. Certainly not four or five. Certainly wouldn't be still groaning now five days. He forgot as well. No. He forgot. And then we were watching A Star Is Born, he forgot and then hugged his tummy. Because he remembered. And you know when you're at school and you go and you take a day off school and you go back in, and then you say to your mates, I was, I was sick 14 times. That's mm. what Colson, that was Colson's line. I was sick six times, Ben. I was? I was sick six, six times. Were you sick or did, or did you wreck? Right. On Friday, I had a Chinese takeaway. Since then, ill as a dog. <laughs> ill as a dog. Sick as a, <laughs> sick as a dog. That's ill as a one. dog is interesting, isn't um, it? Saturday night, cannot stop being sick. Cannot stop being sick. That ill, Jack, I watch an emergency film. And what emergency film did I watch? Dream Horse. <laughs> Finally. Dear, did that do it? Did that make you shit? No, it made me feel worse, which was the worst bit about it. Dream worse. Um, so I'm watching Dream Horse. I'm being sick. I'm in bed. My mum's having to look after me. Sunday morning... I wake up and I still feel absolutely rubbish. Drive back to Manchester. Bear in mind, Ben says I text him at 7am. He's texting me at 7 7 in the morning on a Sunday. Why? Just tell him I want well. And he goes, I'm not well. I'm not well. He starts, you know when kids start conversations, they enter the room and they're halfway through it. I'm not ill. I'm not well. I'm not well. It's 7.30, Colson, on a Sunday. I've got food poisoning. It sounded like you were in hospital. But Jack, this morning, woke up, had a bagel. All is well in the world. Bright as a button. Bright as a dog. (laughs) Bright as a dog. Bright as a dog. The other thing that didn't help the whole having food poisoning and feeling sorry for myself was obviously our beloved football team, Jack. I know, yeah. And we don't talk about football much on the podcast. And... I really don't want to talk about this, but we kind of have to address it. Yeah, I suppose they've gotten they've gotten rid of the manager, haven't they? <laughs> this is not a football podcast. <laughs> We're going to plummet and listen when you two start crying about Bielsa. I mean, I've I've cried. I, all my tears are gone. I'm out crying. But the only the, what I want to know from Jack is, I think it's the wrong decision. <laughs> we'll only find out in the next few weeks, won't we? If the team starts to win. Everyone will go, okay, I guess it was right. And if they still lose, then we'll go, it's wrong. So just time will tell. <laughs> very balanced, Jack. Very balanced. You've gone to London. You've become very balanced. For any listeners that know football, producer Henry has a podcast all about the MLS football. And the manager that we're getting to replace Bielsa made his name in the MLS. And I text Henry. Ted Lasso. Put... <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fucking great, wouldn't it? I text Henry and I put, what's this lad like? Any good? And Henry put, he won't keep you up. Oh, <laughs> so I was like, great. That's just just what I need. And what else is that? Oh, yeah, I have an animal encounter. I'm sorry, Ben. Do you? I've, I've got an animal encounter. That's all right. You, everyone's allowed to have them, you know. I don't just have... I'm not like Dr. Doolittle, <laughs> where they follow me around. What happened? It's more of a animal encounter slash old woman encounter. <laughs> <laughs> Those are a tricky one. That's a tricky number, isn't it? I'm on the old. I'm on the old mooch around. Yeah. Are we in your house? Are you mooched someone else's no, house? No, my parents live opposite a park, so I'm on the little mooch around in the park, and I'm walking with my AirPods in, minding my own business, having a great time. Loads of dogs around, loads of people. You know that that kind of morning vibe. Everyone enjoying themselves. Are you ill with food? Yeah, I am actually. He's doing dog. shit. In he's doing bin, a each shit doggy in the bin. Park. He's taking some bags with him. I've shat. Put them up with the bag. God, you must have a Labrador. It's absolutely steaming. <laughs> we talk about shit far too much on this podcast. Um, so I'm walking, 
And I'm behind we- Jack, an old woman with two dogs and what must be a grandson. <laughs> this old woman has a stick in her hand for dog, yeah? I'm behind her. She's walking slowly. I'm getting close to her. I get about a metre away. <laughs> she turns. She turns and throws this stick. And it fucking hits me in the chest. <laughs> From like point blank range. <laughs> this stick just flies at me. It hits me in the chest. And I was like, ow. Like completely shocked. Taken back. Like going, what the hell's just happened? Did she just turn round to throw it behind her then? No, turn round and threw the stick as she turned. And then, oh God, she was horrified. And she gave me a cuddle and she went, I'm really sorry. And I know your face as well. And I can't believe I've done that. And I was like, honestly, it's fine. But yeah, the old let's play fetch. It must have been a meter, Ben. If it hit me any lower, all over her. (laughs) Well, that's what we've been up to. Shall we talk about A Star Is Born? Yes. A Star Is Born is a story that follows Jackson Maine, who's played by Bradley Cooper, who is a international um, famous singer who is kind of coming to the end of his career. And he goes out after a gig and meets a girl, Ali, played by Lady Gaga. She's working, but she's got bags of talent and she is really wanting to kind of start a career, but has, has never pushed it. Um, They meet, they spend a night together, they really get along, and he says, well, why don't you come on tour with me? And it kind of starts a relationship between them two, and at the same time as he reinvents his career through falling in love with her, she also creates a career for herself, and it's a love story and a tale of two people growing, I guess. Yeah. Good. Is that all right. I think that's fine. You don't want to give the game away. I don't. I never. I never want to give the game away in a synopsis. <laughs> no, you don't. I know that about you. You don't want to give the game. I, away. I like to just tease. I like to just tease. I, yeah, I know you do. What was she set up? Well, interesting one here for you, Jack. First time Ben has ever seen this movie. Is it really? Yeah. You watched it together, then. I've seen the yeah. first one. What's the Judy Garland one? Then there's the Streisand one. Garden was a second, which was the most like uh, the most successful before this and then it was Barbara Streisand and then it was this I haven't seen the Judy Garland one or the first one I haven't but interestingly did you know that obviously th- the premise of this film has been around for years hasn't it I think I think the first one was in 1920s 100 years it's li- literally been around for years and <laughs> you're wasted on the chase you got that so quick <laughs> there'd been talk of a remake for so so long in fact, in 2002, it, it was kind of, that that was kind of the first conversations and Will Smith wanted to do it and he wanted J-Lo to do it. And the idea that Will Smith had was that it was going to be like gender reversal. So J-Lo was going to be the big star and Will Smith was going to be the, per- so it was kind of going to flip oh, right, the story okay. around. That, that didn't come off. And then in 2010, um, Clint Eastwood, kind of got involved with the film and he he got Beyonce signed her and at one point it was Russell Crowe and by the end by the time they were ready to go into production uh, it was Leo right then Beyonce had a kid and went I, I don't want to do it I'm gonna have a kid so that kind of knocked it all in its head and Clint Eastwood was still trying and trying and trying and then in the end Bradley Cooper got passed on this project by Clint Eastwood, but it was kind of passed on on the fact of it might never happen. Well, they worked together on American Sniper, didn't they? Yeah. Bradley Cooper and Clint Eastwood worked together on that film. They'd literally been talk of this remake for so long, and then it finally came. I think they made the film in 2016, so it got released in 2018. And the story of how he found Gaga, who obviously plays Ali in the film, is that um, what's the French song that they sing, Ben? In Le the Vie en Rose. Le Vie en Rose. So Bradley Cooper has been trying to cast this film for ages, and he's kind of been having conversations with Clint, saying, "I can understand why we, why this film never happened, because can't find anyone." And he got invited to a charity benefit, and the only reason he went was because Lady Gaga was singing, and he went and she sang um, Le Vie en Rose at this charity event. 
and he left the charity event after hearing it and rang her agent and said, can you arrange me a meeting tomorrow? And he went round and knocked on her door the next day and said, look, I, I've got this film. I'm going to direct it. I'm going to star in it. I, I want you to be in it. Are you up for it? And then he begged and begged and begged the company and they went, yeah, you can do it. Go for it. It's fairly cool, in it, as how, like, they they tried for so long to get it, and then they finally did. And when you watch the film, I think it has been cast very, very well, like, because I think she's amazing, and I think he's amazing. I didn't realise he could sing that well, Cooper. I don't know if he is singing, or if he's just hiding it that way. I don't know, but he he does sort of carry it off, and he's great on the guitar. He'd never sang. He had never sang, and when he was when he was planning on directing it and starring in it, the one thing he'd never confronted was the fact that he, he'd never sang. And then he got in the room with Gaga, and he'd obviously been having lessons. He taught himself to play guitar and piano. He spent about 12 months studying music, and he taught himself to play guitar and piano, and he got in the room with Gaga, and Gaga was like, oh, okay. <laughs> she was like, that's not an actor's voice. Were, she was like, you can sing. You've, you've got a voice here. Comes and says it like you're there in the studio. Like your Gaga, your Bradley Cooper and, Car- and Gaga's gone, Colson, you can sing. Yeah, but that's mint, isn't it? If she turns around and says that, you've got to be pretty buzzed, don't you? You will and be they buzzed. Don't, but also they don't expose him. He doesn't expose himself on the film. He doesn't start singing tunes that, like she's got an amazing voice and she sings tunes which aren't easy to carry. No. She has to be the star he's not doing numbers that are going to show him up which is clever but he can sing uh but he's also not belting stuff out that you go oof yeah you're a bit off there like cooper obviously wanted this role and in terms of like the musical aspect of it he spent loads of time with lucas nelson who's the son of willie nelson it's actually lucas nelson's band who played Jackson Maine's band. Right, okay. And he basically went to watch a gig and went, fuck me, him on guitar's amazing. And he said, when do you ever go and watch a gig and think the guitarist is great when there's a lead singer in the band? And he went and spoke to him afterwards and he was like, yeah, I'm I'm Lucas Nelson. My, my dad's Willie Nelson. And he was like, I have got my own band. So Bradley kind of got pally with him. He then wrote the entire soundtrack for the film with Bradley so it was all designed around what he could do. And then he's kind of learning from, you know, the the son of a musical legend, isn't he, as well, I guess. So let's get into, like, the bones and the premise of the film. So um, we obviously start by realising how big of a star Jackson Maine is. You know, he, he's on stage. It's that opening song of Black Eyes. And he, he's at a festival. He's doing a big gig. And he finishes and he gets straight into the car and you see straight away that he has battles with alcohol, don't you? You know, he's straight on the bottle when he gets in the car and they're obviously driving to the airport to go to his next gig. And he turns around to his driver and he says, I've run out of booze. Is there an off license? Is there a bar? And his driver's like, oh, we'll see. He finds this bar. It's a drag bar. He goes in and that's where they are singing Le'Veon Rose. I thought he's... um... His lighting in that car and everything, and in the bar, was very cool. And I, I loved his look, Bradley Cooper's look that he had. Sort of did look a bit rugged, didn't he? Constantly looked high and, like, drunk. And he dropped his voice as well, didn't he, into that Yeah, his draw. accent, that sort of, like... He dropped that to try and get rid of that. Because I always find him a bit bland, Bradley Cooper, a bit. It's interesting you said about his voice because Sam Elliott, who plays his brother, Bobby, like he's he's amazing in the film and we'll get on to him. But when Sam Elliott got offered the part, he was kind of reluctant to take it on. And then they had a conversation and they were like, look, we're not auditioning anyone else. You know, Bradley wants you. And they were like, oh, what do you mean he wants you? And they're like, he's been working with a voice coach trying to match your voice for the past eight months. Right. He picked Sam Elliott... And when I want, I want to mimic my entire character off his voice. And then, obviously, in the film, there's all the stuff about him stealing his voice. Mm. And you know, because I think that's obviously a character decision that Bradley made. Of that's the influence that I want from his big brother. 
And as soon as Sam Elliott's heard that, he's gone, well, I'm not going to say no. He's I? not going to say no. <laughs> of course you're not. You're not going to. Or he turns up on set and changes his voice. This isn't my voice. I'm, I'm, put it I'm doing an accent. Hello. <laughs> hello. Oh, hello. Hello. Joe Pasquale hello. comes out. <laughs> hello. I'm Sam Elliott. <laughs> oh, shit. And then from Jack, what you said about his look, he, he, you know, he, he spent hours and hours on sunbeds because he just wanted to look, you know, he, he wanted to look like that country singer of someone who never had his top on and like just really didn't look after himself. And he does do it so well because it's not, I mean, the the only other thing that I've seen Bradley Cooper in that I've really liked him in is something like American Sniper. But then you, you watch him in The Hangover and you're like, this that's, can't be the same actor, you wouldn't think, to what you see in A Star Is Born. When Gaga's singing the first tune, slightly too good. What do you mean, too good? She has to be a star. Yeah, but there was something, there was something about her journey that was, she's very, very good. And so there was less of a jump that when she became, she started to do the concert stuff. Just an observation for me. That was all it was. So after that first song, um, Bradley is taken backstage by um, Ali's friend to, to kind of introduce himself to Ali. And he's, he's pissed at this point, isn't he? Like, it, it's really weird. And I remember turning around to Ben and saying, how, you instantly get how well he does it. And, you know, even the hearing bit, when he's always giving a your ear and that sorry and, like, the way he stumbles and completely isn't entirely comfortable and he's awkward with what he's doing. And then there's a kind of bit where he, he sings acoustic on the guitar for the first time for someone else in the bar and Ali turns a corner and kind of sees him singing. You, you kind of see a bit of innocence in him then, don't you? Can He's kind of sh- stripped back. But he, t- he turns it on, doesn't he? He has that star sort of quality. When he's leathered, he's pissed, and they ask him to do a song, and he does just turn it on, and you do go, oh, Jesus, you are good. I think what, I suppose, what I liked, what I liked about, conversely, those two songs, so Gaga does La Vie en Rose, but then when Cooper does that guitar thing, I agree with you, Jack, he's a bit more underplayed with how he does it, and that's what makes it even more powerful, I think. So the two of them go on for a drink, and they go into a cop bar, and they're having a drink and they're chatting and there's the moment where um, Jackson kind of puts his hand down Ali's face and does her entire body. And that's something that he did in the audition, which kind of was really controversial because Gaga spoke about it on like Saturday Night Live or one of the shows. Um, in the aud- like audition in front of the network, he made her wipe all of her makeup off and then felt down the side of her face and it's kind of a thing to show natural beauty but, but it that's a that's like a, a nod to the original original so that the first ever a star is born was all about somebody being perfect and not realizing they're perfect bloody bloody blah, blah, blah um so that's kind of where that came from and that it, it's that moment i think that really kind of brings them close to each other that close that when somebody comes up to Jackson and recognises him and kind of does the awkward thing of asking him for a photo but is being rude without realising he's rude and she it's him. <laughs> well, she talks about a nose as well, doesn't she? And say, says how it's really big and um, it'll never get me anywhere, this nose. People have always said I'm ugly and I'm not beautiful enough and that's a personal experience that Lady Gaga had when she was trying to start out in the music industry. Everybody who would always see her would say you're not star quality, you've got a lovely voice, but you're not good looking, you're not beautiful, you've got a big nose, you're not the look we're going for, which is why those sort of lines are in there as as well. It is weird because, like we said about how they're, they're almost both perfect for the parts because the parts have been tailored for them. So after she's hit him, they've got that scene in the car park, haven't they? I actually think the scene in the car park is the best scene in the film. Yeah, it, it probably is. It's the most pure bit in the film. It's the most pure bit of directing. Because Cooper's still himself. And Gaga is releasing parts of her. It's the best directed bit, I felt. It was the moment where I felt that they'd just let the cameras roll. And they found each other within that. It was the most pure bit of filming. Gaga said after she 
after she filmed the scene in the cop bar with him, they started really getting along, them two. And that's when they kind of formed a friendship and a connection that they weren't expecting to gain from it. And then all the love songs that she wrote in the film, she wrote whilst filming with him. So that's like an interesting note of, obviously Bradley came with all the songs that he wrote with um, Lucas Nelson. And then Gaga kind of wrote on the job as she came in. But yeah, the scene in the car park is where Shallow is born. That's the song, isn't it? That's the one. He shoots from behind as well. Yeah, he does it a lot, doesn't he? He shoots from behind and that way it makes you feel like you're intruding on a very personal conversation and he never comes round to the front. And that's very interesting. It's a smart bit of filming and it feels almost at times documentary-like, like he's charting this documentary of Gargar's life almost. From that moment, they formed such a connection that he kind of doesn't want to leave her. And he says to her, come to a gig with me. And she kind of says, no, baz it off. And then next thing you know, she's stood on the side of stage at the Greek theatre in Hollywood, you know, watching one of his gigs. And he turns around and he says, that song that we sang last night, I've put an arrangement to it. We're going to sing it. And she goes, no, we're not. And he's like, well, I'm going to sing it. There's a microphone there. And literally, she's gone from working in a kitchen to 24 hours later, being on stage, singing with Jackson at his Hollywood gig and absolutely smashes it. And that, that obviously is the number of shallow. She's a, she's a, she turns into a bit of a YouTube sensation there, doesn't she? I think off the back of that concert. Yeah, and there's that bit where his brother turns around and says, I don't know who you are, I don't know what you've done to him, but he has not performed like that in years. And he kind of says, I want you to come everywhere with me, Let, let's do it. And they kind of do, don't they? They, they? they go all around the world together. That's when you see how much of a problem he's got. Yeah. When you go back to the hotel room and he can't stand up. Yeah. And he's falling all over the place. And she goes into the bathroom, doesn't she, to sort of freshen up. And when she comes back, he's completely, like, gone. And also that there's specific things that they've got to deal with it. His brother comes in and puts him to bed. And there's always a girl there. There's always someone else in his room. And and that is whether it's going to, she is going to be different they're going to have a different type of relationship. And then the next day, that's when he picks her up on his motorbike, isn't it? And he comes round to her house and he says, your dad let me in, do you remember? I think it's that. Yeah. That was the scene that was the screen test where Bradley Cooper had to persuade, is it MGM? Yeah, the um, network. Producers to cast Lady Gaga because they weren't sure about Gaga. And he wrote this scene where he comes round the following night and he comes in her bedroom and he speaks to her. And that's the scene that and that they ended up putting in the film. And that's the screen test. He went round to her house and filmed it in her house with her. Ah. And then they made it together. And then he went, right, I'm going to send it to MGM and I'll let you know if the green light the film. And they did. And that's kind of, you know, they, they go, they, they're gigging in Arizona, aren't they? So he, he's on, they do, you never really know where they are, but they end up going from place to place on any mode of transport very quickly. Well, they go back to his family home, don't they? There's a big thing about his father being his drinking buddy. They go back to the ranch that he bought for his dad with all his money to find his grave. His grave's not there. Then he goes back to his brother and realises his brother sold the ranch to a wind farm. And that's where it starts to... So his brother's obviously held him up all the way through his career yeah. and got him out of situations that he's drunk through. And then Bradley Cooper goes back, hits him, and, you know, and then it gets really, really nasty. And these brothers effectively saying, this is the worst part of you. And I'm, I don't need to do it. His brother doesn't need to do it. That was Sam Elliott's first day filming, that scene. Was it? Yeah. Day one filming, it's the fallout and the punch and the fight between him and Bradley Cooper. I mean, day one. Day one. There's that brilliant line as well of when it really kind of hits home on the situation. He's like, I told you, but you were drunk. So it's like everything he's reacting about, he knew about, but because he's been pissed throughout all of it, he just you know, it hasn't got the social skills to kind of take it in. 
and his you know his his brother walks and he's kind of on his own. Well, he's not bothered, is he? That was the problem. That's what his brother's saying. You weren't bothered. You just wanted annihilation, obliteration. Now suddenly you're bothered. Well, it's been ten years of you not being bothered, and actually your career is going down. So, what did you think of the like live action at gigs? They're real gigs. Yeah. So they would pause a gig. So usually it'd be like a Lady Gaga gig or Glastonbury, I think, featured there, isn't it? Glastonbury, Jack, they got four minutes. That's all they got. The, the most time they got on a stage was eight minutes. And at Glastonbury, they went, you've got four minutes on, off. And when they did it, everybody in the crowd had their phones taken off them. And imagine that atmosphere that the crowd are making. One... They can't hear the songs. They can't hear anything. Because they couldn't risk it getting leaked. So they're singing and there's nothing coming out of the amps. And the sound department had such a job, they had to take in all the atmosphere from Glastonbury. All the, they, they, it, he, a lot of it's Willie Nelson fest. It's a lot of it's Willie Nelson's Tour of America. And then he got four minutes on someone's set at Glastonbury. And I think when she's singing as Ali... They're Gaga concerts. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. And they're her gigs. But four minutes at Glastonbury. And imagine doing all that on set in four minutes and no one can hear anything you're doing. I mean, you must feel stupid. And it looks amazing. It does, yeah. It looks so good. It's it's mad, though, that, isn't it? To think that, obviously, the fact that there was no music playing because they didn't want it to get leaked. And then when they did the Gaga, it was when they did the Gaga gigs everyone it was only a tenor for the gaga gigs she sang a few songs as gaga but you weren't allowed your phone and then she did the rest as ali so when she does the big number and it's i'm at the deep end when she comes out and does that they can't hear a friggin thing can't hear her so that's at the hollywood um greek theater which is is that the hollywood bowl then or not the hollywood bowl i thought she was at yeah the first big one when she comes out yeah which is, is that the same thing as Hollywood Ball? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it is. She gets picked up by a manager. He's a bellend. He's a knob. He's English. Is he English? Did we work that out? Yeah, he is English. He's from Hendon. And he kind of picks her up and says, what you just did was outstanding. Like, I, I think you're amazing. I want to sign you. I want to take you on. I want to develop your brand. Let's do it. And instantly, Jack, is jealous, like massively jealous, because he knows exactly what she's about to be put through. And Jack's tour's finished. He's started doing weirder stuff, hasn't he? You know, we're starting to see him doing the pharmacy convention gig. You know, work's drying up for him. I think it, it, it's it's meant to show that obviously he's becoming washed up and Ali's becoming this new big project. And mm. as much as he loves her and as much as he supports her, it's a really hard position for him. Her album's about to be released, isn't it? And it goes big. She's nominated for Best Song, Best New Artist or something, Breakthrough Album, and it's the Grammys. I suppose it is that thing, isn't it, that he's trying to say, which I think, actually, I really like the line, if he wrote the line, make sure you've got legs in this business. Make sure you use your soul. Your soul has legs. Because if you don't base it on anything and you base it on the zeitgeist, which is what the manager is trying to get her to do, he's basing it on what's hip now, you won't last. Weirdly, he's not lasting, but he's had a 10-year career and he's thinking you might have a six-month career. I didn't think the agent lad was very good. No. I thought he might have been too young. For someone who seemed to be that good, I don't know, that big... I would imagine his reputation, he'd be so long in the game. I don't know, he, he only seemed like in his 20s. It just didn't work for me. I didn't quite believe he had the influence for everyone to just let him hang around and then go, look, I could make you a star, as opposed to if it had been someone with a bit more weight, and then you'd go, look, I can get you to the top, but you're going to have to do this, this and this. There was two actors. There's obviously him as the agent and the person who plays Gargar's Dad, it was both like, they're obviously someone's friend because they're, they're just having a whale of a time being in this film. He was a comic, Gargoyle's dad. I looked him up, he was a comic. It's interesting as well because the only actors that they really invest in, in terms of actors that had prior experience, 
is Cooper, Gaga, Sam Elliott, and the driver. Like the rest of them, you look at their careers and you're like, they've done very, very little. So it's a bit like they knew that they had enough in the film to just make it work. So obviously, th- there's there's a moment when they get engaged, isn't there? And then they get married in the same day. That's kind of happened on the back of Jack really like hitting rock bottom to a certain degree. You know, he, he, he's been on tour, he's not come home and... You know, he, he is just getting pissed every night. He's he's on drugs. Like he's he's really struggling. And on the other side of the country, Ali is rising to fame, doing this album. Like Jack said, she's then been nominated for all these awards, and it kind of comes to the big moment, which is the the Grammys. But hold on, just to go back to the marriage proposal, I think that's important. Dave Chappelle is obviously a musician who got out and had a family and got out that rat race, and that's why he goes to see him. And he says, look, you can stop all this. You can stop it all and choose a different life. There's a different door for you. And the marriage proposal is almost like wanting her to pull him out of his addiction into a different place. It's like a last ditch attempt by him to go, can someone save me? Well, actually, only he can save himself and she can't save him. So the wedding bit is the saddest bit for me. When he proposes, it was the saddest bit because he catches her off guard and they go, yes, and great. But there's that last ditch thing of I can break out now. I can have, I shouldn't be married. I should be a rock star and live a rock star life for the rest of my time. I shouldn't be married. And that was the bit where I thought, God, that's really sad. He's made a ring out of a bit of guitar wire and he's hoping that she'll pull him out and help save him almost and she doesn't does she because you know when it gets to the grammys it's so awkward isn't it? oh god it's awful oh god just... we've all been there we've all, we've seen all been it. there we've all seen it the <laughs> we've thing. all been there. that's the thing we've seen it <laughs> name seen an award it. show and we've seen that scenario happen when someone's <laughs> yeah god and he's levered and <laughs> She wins, and he f- he goes to walk on stage with her. And- you see, I was watching this with my girlfriend and her mum, and it got to this point, and she said that would never happen. He wouldn't be allowed up on stage. And I said, who's going to make that decision to stop Jackson Maine getting up onto the stage with his wife live on television? No one's going to do that. Ever. Jackson Maine. I love the way you said that. Who's going to stop Jackson Maine? He says it, doesn't he? He says the more famous you get, the more times this people say your full name. Great line. Great line. Ben loved it when he pissed himself. <laughs> loved it. Which is superimposed. Oh, is it? Yeah. If you look closely enough, you can tell. That was the kind of finale, wasn't it? The little wee coming down. It's when his eyes close. And it's so awkward, and it's so it's so it's so sad as well, isn't it? Oh, it's fucking heartbreaking. Because there's no coming back from that, dude. You've pissed your pants. You pissed your pants. <laughs> You've pissed your pants. You pissed at the your pants. Grammys. It's heartbreaking. It's embarrassing. It's awkward. It's cringy. And the next thing we know, we kind of see him in rehab. What does he do? Maybe a six month program or something. It's, it's, they say he's been away for three months, don't they? And, you know, Ali goes to see him and Ali says, look, Charlie the dog is ready for you to come home. I'm ready for you to come home. Let's let's just have a go at this. That's his real dog, you know. Is it? It's named after his dad, Charlie Cooper. Named after Bradley Cooper's dad, Charlie. Charlie Cooper. Yeah, but that would be like you using Star, Ben. Can you imagine? She wouldn't give two fucks. She would be like, there's no way I'm hanging out around here. <laughs> Did you fucking have a go at anything in the wood? Come on, Star. <laughs> There's that sad moment when Ali visits him just before he kind of leaves and he addresses the fact that he ruined her biggest achievement. She won the Grammy and he went and he was pissed and he pissed himself on stage and he ruined it for his wife. The double piss. <laughs> and that's not that's not what he wanted to do. And you can't you kind of believe from that that he's completely there for her, don't you? I don't think he knows. That's the problem, isn't it? He doesn't know what the fuck has happened. He doesn't know he's in blackout, but he doesn't 
he can't he can't fully understand he's saying goodbye to his career and himself because he knows he can't stop yeah so ben said the best scene in the film was in the car park now i think the best scene in the film is potentially 10 seconds of him and sam elliott in the car and sam elliott reversing the car did he get nominated did he win yeah he got nominated yeah didn't win it, wasn't it the year of the musicals? Wasn't it like La La Land and Bohemian Rhapsody or something? 2018 will have been Bo Rap and Rocket Man. That's it. But that that scene for me, Jack, in, I don't know about you, but yeah. No, it's a brilliant scene. And the, the fact that he sort of looks away to reverse so that there's no chance he can see him crying. The audience does. But like Ben said, it's, a, it's, a, it's another director's choice. He's using a shot where we're almost looking away, but we're not. We're seeing him from the front. Coming towards the end of the film, Jack's back at home and he has the encounter with Ali's agent, which is awful. Like, it just makes you hate that character so, so much. And he kind of says, look, you've been away for three months. Everything's going great for her. Her career's flying and you nearly ended her career. And I'm going to be the person that's picking up the pieces when you do end it. So basically back the fuck off is kind of the message that he gives he says they've cancelled um, the tour she's cancelled the tour haven't they they say she, they want another album not another tour so he lies I mean that's the only part where they because the agent hasn't got enough weight that's a difficult conversation to believe because at the end it has to be what that agent says to him is what drives him to commit suicide yeah. And I don't think, like what Ben said, that the agent's just strong enough no. for Jackson Maine to go and commit suicide. I think the script is. Yeah. Because, the yeah, premise. the script is, but the character isn't. In the industry, he's not even old enough to be an assistant. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's not, is you he? You just feel like that character, Jackson Maine, would have enough about him to go... Fuck off. Fuck off. He hit yeah. his brother. Yeah. And then suddenly he's got sober and lost all his confidence. So Ali says... I think the fans would love it. I think you'd love it. And I think I'd love it if you come on stage and sing Shallow with me. And as she sets off for the gig, we see him heading to set off and he finds a bottle of pills in his car, takes the pills, goes into his garage. Do you think he's setting off? I don't think he is. I think he knows full well he's going to commit suicide. He's reversing the van out so he can get in and hang himself. I think he's setting off and finds the pills. Oh, dear. I thought he was setting off. I don't think he looks for the pills. But he gives the dog a steak dinner. Yeah, that's the point. Star would take your hand off if that steak was there. Like, the dog goes up and kisses him like, ooh, what's that steak? She'd absolutely bite your hand off. (laughs) That shot where you can just see his legs and the um, worktop, and he puts his hat on the worktop, do you think it'd almost be more powerful if you just stood on the worktop and that was the end? It's a little bit too much, that isn't it? I think it's it's nice the way he's done it. I think it is. They, I mean, in the original, they they swim out to sea. So the person who plays like the guy in Star Is Born kills himself by swimming out to sea and drowning. Um, Chris Christopherson, I think he got did he get in a car and he drove pissed up or something and crashed his car. So Bradley Cooper thought about doing the um, swimming out. And there's talk that you see how there's talks uh, in the earlier, early in the film where he's on his bike and she says, I'm not getting on that bike if you've had a drink. Yeah. And you see all these little clues throughout the film of suicide when you see it right at the beginning when he drives past a poster and there's a load of nooses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the second shot. And the film. Yeah. yeah. But throughout the film, they didn't know how they were going to kill him at the end. And it was Bradley Cooper who had to come up with the idea. And he, I think he was going to do the beach. He even went to go look at some locations in LA for where to do the beach scene. And in the end, he sort of like just visioned, no, he's just going to do it in his garage with his dog, I think. I think it was a good choice. I think it's fine. I think it's really powerful. It's trying to also mirror what he talks about that he tried to do as a kid with the fan, isn't it? Mm. So he's mirroring the boy. That boy has come no further. He's still a boy. He's still that pained boy with his father. 
trying to commit suicide with the belt and a fan. After he has committed suicide, um, we obviously see the final scene in the film is Lady Gaga singing as Ali at a tribute for Jackson. Jackson Maine. Jackson Maine. You have to say his full name. Jackson Maine. She sings a song, I'll Never Love Again. And that is like... that's. I watched this when it came out at the cinema with my, one of my mates. And one of my mates who is hard as nails. And I remember looking at him and he was crying. He's gone. Wet face. <laughs> I'm not crying. I've got something in my eye. It's dust. Hay fever. It's hay fever. It's, it's popcorn. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that last scene, that last song... Is min and when when it flicks to them two on the piano, like it is, it kind of goosebumps. It is something special, and I think you realise then that the two of them have created such a chemistry in the film. Just before they filmed that scene, sorry, just while we're talking about that scene, um, Gaga was waiting on some news because her friend was um, dying of cancer, and she got the call from her friend's partner, uh, husband, to say, "Look." I think you need to get here. So she races across town. I mean, she's literally about 20 minutes away from filming the last scene in this film, right? She races across town, and she get and she gets there, and she's 15 minutes late, and her friend's died, and she's missed it. And she holds on to her friend. You can imagine how emotional she is. And she cries and cries and cries. And she rings Bradley, and he's like, what do you want to do? And she's like, I've got to do it. If I'm ever going to be ready to do the scene it has to be now so she comes in and she stands up on stage and he says are you sure and she went look as weird as it is all i want to do is sing i just have to sing right now so she stands up on the stage and she sings that song and you see the emotion you see how much she's crying and yeah she she'd just literally been with a one of her really close friends and you see it all in that performance they did one take and Bradley said, don't worry, you don't have to do it again, that's it, it's done. Held each other and that's the end of the film. Um, when when Bradley finished the scene where he hangs himself, Gaga had arranged for the crew to put in his truck for the night he drove home a bouquet of roses. So he got in his truck to drive home from filming. And she'd left him a bouquet of roses and said... Oh, and they say nothing I'm happened. I'm so proud of you. And they say <laughs> nothing <laughs> happened between them. Come on. Right, we're going to have a bit of a conspiracy theory, but we'll come back after our break and we will rate the film. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Right, gossip over. Time to rate it. It's my film, so I start off. I, I genuinely can't think of anything else that I'd want to give it other than a 10. This is becoming a tradition now. Now we've sort of been separated. I don't know. Are we just sort of like... Everyone seems to be popping 10s out. Oh, yeah, because I gave millions a 10, didn't I? <laughs> 
that's a pass. I don't know why you didn't give that a 10. Millions. You think millions isn't up there? <laughs> I, I, I really, really love this film. How many times is this, Cole? Ben, How many- uh, Jack, this is only the second time. Oh, is it really? And I think, for me, at the age I watched this film, so 2018, um, four years ago, I obviously have always had this love for musicals. And the, my love of film and my knowledge of film is growing and growing more. And I think this film probably came at a good time for me to love musicals and love acting. Mm. And seeing that and the way it came together really gave me something because, I mean, it's not a musical, it's a film. It really is something. And I, I think I think Bradley Cooper is absolutely outstanding. I think in terms of their performances and on the rewatch, like Sam Elliott, like I knew, I knew I liked that character, but there's a clear reason why I liked that character. And yet, just purely on the basis of music and acting, <laughs> that's the film concept. Yeah. yeah, but I'm, I'm not. I mean, by, by saying what I'm saying is, I'm not taking much note in the the, the directing. But you know, I, I found it. I found it easy to watch, and I love the performances and I love the songs. It's a ten. Um. Yeah, I saw this film in the cinema when it first came out with my girlfriend. Really loved it. I've seen it on my own once, and I've seen it again on the rewatch. So I've seen it three times. And, yeah, performances. Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga, um, Faultless, Sam Elliott, brilliant. Manager lets it down a little bit, I must say that. But I'm nitpicking. I think Bradley's done a brilliant job with the script and um, directing. The songs are bangers. Some of the songs are bangers. Um, I think it... I like how fast it moves along. It's like we don't... You know, it doesn't don't sort of get... Like, when she get, does that first song on the stage and then it does sort of jump and then she is a star. It's not we then don't have to see of them, oh, and now she becomes the star. You know, so I do like that it ticks along. Um, I'm going to go 8.9. I think it just falls short of the nines. The manager's got a lot to answer for. <laughs> Man- manager's got a lot to answer for. And the, the script is not... I mean, the lines, the dialogue, it's not very, very memorable, the dialogue. Story's good, performances are good, directing and songs, but it's just not in the nines, that's all. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> he didn't like it. I know. He, I, I I knew he didn't like it last night. Well, it was, it was hard to watch the film without Colson singing all the way through it, even though he had food poisoning. Um, I agree with everything you've said. I think those things can be are very valid reasons. I could see how much Colson liked it. Definitely, I can see why people would like it. It's not my type of film. I I think I just felt too manipulated by it. I loved Gaga. I think I just felt too manipulated by the way the film just was hitting each bit to tweak this bit. I'm not a big musicals guy. The songs are fine. I'm more interested in her. I didn't really see enough of a progression from him. Look, it's one of those films that I think if you if you are grabbed by it, you are going to go full into it. You're going to love the songs. You're going to love Gaga at the end. You're going to love Cooper and the garage door and all of it. You're going to go, oh my God. And then this, and then Sam Elliott's reversing. I get it. If you don't get into that, there's not much there for me. I didn't get into, I didn't fall for that. I didn't fall into it right away. I was like, okay, fine. She's going to be a star and he's going to die. And I get it. I think she's fantastic. I think she's fantastic. I can see it's a good film and why you'd like it. I think I'll just go seven. Steady seven. Steady seven. Steady seven. At least it's not a fair five. (laughs) (laughs) It was either going to be a fuck you four or a fair five. No, 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 because I think the film, you cannot deny there's a hell of a lot of work gone into that film. That's significant. 25.7 25.7 out of 30. I think that's fair. I think that's I fair. Think that's fair. I'm happy. And do you know what? Like, I get it. I think it's interesting for me that I have seen a musical that is very different to Hannah Montana, High School Musical and The Greatest Showman. And I've gone, God, yeah, it's still 
Yeah, but it's very similar themes, Colson. It is similar themes. It's just a bit more grown up. But I mean, you could take it out. It's similar themes. You're you're getting the same themes in those films as you are in A Star Is Born. It's not that far away. Are you taking piss? Who hangs themselves in shed? Yeah, but does, does, <laughs> you Joy Bolton, high school on musical, golf course. on golf course with his with his e damn pants. <laughs> <laughs> You've not seen Camp Rock, Jack. That's fucking dark. <laughs> Lizzie McGuire the movie. It's what got happens the same in the notes. What happens in the room you don't want to know about? <laughs> right, the gem. <laughs> gem, what are we watching? Uh let's do the song. Jack's hidden gem, gem of, of the, the week. week. Right. I tell you what, why the hell are they not remaking a star is born with us? <laughs> There's three of them, they run a podcast, and they've only got four listens, and then suddenly they've got one billion listens. Right. Right, okay. This week's gem, Curveball. Mm. I haven't seen it. I love these recommendations. Right. I haven't seen it, but... It's come from one of our Patreon subscribers. Oh, so it's, it's trusty. Oh, yeah. Keep going, keep going. That's Patreon. What is Patreon? Can you just remind us, Colson, what's Patreon? Patreon is the platform where you can get exclusive Sofa Cinema Club. You can get ad-free episodes and you can get loads more from us, including bonus episodes. There you go. Get that in. Well, one of our members that are on Patreon, she's called Lynn Rose. Wasn't she a seat filler? <laughs> she might have been. Lynn's hidden. Yeah. She said, Hi guys, Lynn Rose here. I have a movie suggestion. It's a doc. It's a banger from the mighty Errol Morris. It's the classic Gates of Heaven. It's a documentary. Now this sounds mad. It's a documentary about a pet cemetery in California and the people who have pets buried there. Oof. Sounds right up my street. It's a literal hidden gem. Do you know what I think it might be? It might be like another class action park. <laughs> I think it might be another what? one of those. I think that was your best ever gem. Yeah. Well, that was from a suggestion, to be fair. Class Action Park was absolutely fantastic. What a gem. It, it, was a, it was a banger. This banger, Gates of Heaven, it's available to watch on YouTube. It's an hour and 20. It's a doc, like I said, about a cemetery for pets. And they interview the people who have pets buried in this cemetery. Gates of Heaven. Watch it. <laughs> Watch it. And as we mentioned, the Wailing got in touch with us was through Patreon. And on Patreon, there is a lot more of us available to listen to. And if you want to check it out, all you've got to do is go over to www.patreon forward slash sofa cinema club. And on there, you'll find two tier systems. And in the tier systems, you get loads. You get Instagram close friends, you get ad-free episodes, and you get the monthly bonus episodes of the Sofa Cinema Club from us, as well as exclusive access to our YouTube videos. Nudes. (laughs) (laughs) Just to get whispered, just in case. Next week, what are we watching? Ben Price? How many choices have I got left? Two. So technically, this is your penultimate pick. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pick a film which I think... I'm I'm sticking to my guns here. Films you definitely won't have seen, but you probably should. Uh, 1955. One and only time this person directed. Uh, Robert Mitchum. The Night... Of the Hunter. Oh, yeah. Never, ever heard of it. I didn't expect you would. I think what's what's interesting is we're going through is we're seeing themes in films that, like A Star Is Born, aren't we? That they've been done before, but how do they? How are they reimagined? You'll see themes in this film that I'm sure once you've seen it, you'll go, "Oh, but that's in that, and that's in that, and that's in that." A Night of the Hunter. The Night of the Hunter. That's what we're watching. And if you want to keep in touch with us, in the meantime, you can do. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Sofa Cinema Club. And as I said, we're on Patreon at Sofa Cinema Club too. 
We can't wait to hear from you. And we're back here on Monday with Sofa Cinema Club Extraterrestrial. So, we will see you then. Good night, God bless. Thank you for listening. Good night. Good night. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.